You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, TJ, we've had now, uh, obviously, the wild card weekend is in the books. We could talk a little bit about that, but I want to focus more on the Lions. Now that you've had a little time to look back and reflect on the football season, and especially the way that it ended with the run that the Lions made, uh, and we're hearing reports about how poorly officiated, uh, and it's a consensus around the NFL that the Rams-Seahawks game was one of the poorest officiated games, if not the worst of the year. Um, does that give you any solace that, uh, hey, the, the Lions really should have been a playoff team? No. Um, I saw a lot of people up this past weekend up in arms, you know, when the league came out with that report that the game that ended up knocking the Lions out was the worst officiated game. And um, I think we all knew that already. Yep. I mean, if you watch the Rams Seahawks game, it was pretty obvious uh, what was going on there. But, you know, even when that report came out, I didn't really, uh, it didn't affect me, right? Because I'm still sitting there saying, well, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not, can, if you control what you can control, right? then you don't have to worry about getting help from other teams. And, you know, and the other part was, John, that I guess I'm, I wasn't fully convinced that if the Seahawks lost to the Rams, that we would have gotten the same result that we got Sunday night. Really? And meaning that, I, I mean, you know, when, when the Lions, you talk about a young team, um, so much youth across the board, uh, very little playoff experience from really anybody on that team. Um I know Goff's obviously been to the Super Bowl, but when you look at the t- totality of the roster, almost no experience. Um, I just didn't know that if Seattle would have lost that game and the, and the Lions had much more pressure on them and much more stress uh, to go out and beat Green Bay if we would have got the same result. I think that they actually benefited uh, from Seattle winning that game because it allowed, them, it allowed them to go out in Green Bay and play a lot more free, play a lot more uh, no stress, no pressure. Let's just go play fast, have fun, and, and, and try to, you know, end their season type, you know. Yeah. I, and I, I just don't know if that team, <laughs> when you talk about, look, we're all impressed with what they did in the last 10 games, but, you know, in a true playoff game where you're back, is truly against the wall, win or go home, you know, is, is that much, feeling. it's a different feeling. And that's what I'm saying is that, 
you know, there's a lot of youth on that team. Maybe you see guys start to force things a little bit more. Maybe you see the young players on defense, uh, you know, start to do too much like we saw during the Carolina game. We saw, you know, early in the season when the defense starts to fall apart. Um, the fact that they didn't have to do that, I thought, let them play uh, just with, with no pressure. Just go out there and play. So I'm not convinced that, you know, if the Seattle game goes the other way that, <laughs> that we would have gotten the same result Sunday night. I think actually what, uh, I mean, in this, I would have loved to see this team, and we talked about it last week i would have loved to see what this team could have done in the playoffs um just because you just don't know i mean they with how they played the bills you know beating the hell out of the vikings beating the hell out of jaguars you know beating uh other playoff teams um that's a team that maybe could have surprised some people going into San Francisco. I don't know if they win that game, but I think they probably play them a lot closer than Seattle did at least in the second half. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad the season ended the way it did. Meaning you have so many young players, uh, that I, I guess I'll say this. You left, you ended the season on a very, very high note. Yeah. We obviously know that winning the in the playoffs, winning the division, getting to the Super Bowl, those are the ultimate goals. Uh, but outside of that, you ended on probably as good of a note as you could. Um, ended with a win. Ended with a win. Ended going eight and two. Ended uh, being one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Ended up, uh, you know, with a lot of young people uh, wanting more. Right, still having that desire to. Uh, okay, what's that next step going to look like, man? That was a great step. What's that? What's it going to look like next year? Uh, and you see that. I think you see that with the players. You see it with. Uh, we'll get into Ben Johnson here in a little bit. Him wanting to come back. I don't know if you have that same kind of response if you. Let's say the worst case scenario, you get in the playoffs, you go to San Fran and get your ass kicked. Yeah. Now people are saying, "Well, you know, Further maybe we're not, maybe we're not as close as we yeah. thought we were." I, I think just the overall feel around this team right now is that they're close. Players want to come back. I mean, it, I've never seen you know so many players, <laughs> uh, you know, at least here in Detroit, openly campaigning like, "Guys, I want to be here." You know, Bugs, yeah. you know, who was a big part of that D line down the stretch. You know, Kaminsky. You know, I this this where I want to be, man. Like, and obviously with Ben Johnson, no, I feel like we're building something special. I feel like I, I don't know if we would have the same uh, type of attitude right now. Probably a bad taste in our mouth if we're sitting here, you know, a couple days after getting our ass beaten in San Francisco. <laughs> now, if it goes the other way, obviously yeah. we, we don't know what. But I, I just think that you know the the season for that team for where they were, for how they ended, uh, outside of making a miraculous run in the in the Super Bowl, I think that the way that they ended that season, 8-2, and two, beating the Packers at Lambeau, uh, I think that will, you know, play much, just, it, it, it'll just be much better for, a much better vibe going into the offseason um, rather than maybe sneaking into the playoffs and, you know, not winning any games and, and starting to think, man, maybe we're our far apart. I think that allows them to go into offseason thinking we're pretty damn close. Yeah, uh, as, a, as a franchise, as an organization, you know, you, you mentioned that you win 8 out of 10 to finish the season, and now all of a sudden, if you do get into the playoffs, there's only one team that ends on a happy note, as you know, where, you know, it, it's that Super Bowl winner once you're in the playoffs. Before that, I mean, you've got all the momentum in the world, you end with a win in Lambeau on the road over Aaron Rodgers, winning three in a row. Like, there's a lot of positive feelings around where the Detroit Lions are right now. Let's let's go to that conversation that you kind of alluded to in regards to Ben Johnson, and let's break this up into a couple of different 
avenues. First, he's a tight end coach in 2021. In 2022, right before the season, now it, the, the decision of him being the offensive coordinator and play calling may have happened before that, but it was relayed to the public really about a, a week before the season started that Ben Johnson's going to be calling plays. He calls plays, creates game plans for 17 games, has really good success for those 17 games. And we heard about the relationship that he's building with Jared Goff. Did you think he would uh, draw as much attention from NFL franchises as he did? It's still a 9-8 and team. Offense was successful, but it's only one year as a play caller. Were you surprised at all the attention he got when the season was over for the job openings that were there? Uh, No, not really, only because this is the hot trend right now. You know, this is the... Uh, this is what teams have been focusing on, what, probably the last three or four years, right? Who's the next hot, young, you know, offensive-minded coach? I mean, you know, just look around the league. I mean, O'Connell in Minnesota, you know, uh, my, my goodness. I mean, LaFleur, when he went to Green Bay, I think yeah. he called plays, you know, for Tennessee for a year, and they were awful offensively, uh, but he worked under Sean McVay uh, and Kyle Shanahan. I mean, uh, Sirianni, I think he called plays for a couple years, you know. I know Brandon Staley was more of a defensive guy, um, you know, but who's, you know, Zach Taylor, Cincinnati. I mean, whoever's, who's Cleveland? I mean, Stefanski, I might have mentioned yeah. it, But all these guys, like, that's, that's kind of turned into the new trend. Um, so... You know, when Ben Johnson and that offense started having so much success, especially earlier in the year, you know, even when they were losing, they're still scoring damn near 30 points, 35 points a game. Um, but it's 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 the way his offense operates in my mind that I think it has a sustainability factor where you can kind of plug pieces in. If you're missing a guy or two via injury or whatever it might be, you know, that offense doesn't slow down much because he's able to create uh, other scenarios and other plays to get get the ball in other guys' hands. I mean, we saw it, you know, when DJ Chark was out for a long period of time, right, and we didn't have Jamison yet. I mean, Dominic Ross still getting 14, 15 targets, and he's still yep. catching them all 9, 10, 11 times. It's like that's just that's, – that, that goes to an offensive-minded guy that just knows how to scheme things. So I think that uh, him getting all that attention definitely wasn't a surprise. I think that what turned out to be a little bit of a surprise, you know, in, in recent uh, – well, I guess last week and even recent days before he decided to stay was – that he, it sounded like he was really becoming a, a front runner, right. you know, for some of these. That's I mean, we heard yeah. Carolina talk. You know, there were reports out of Carolina that, you know, they just absolutely fell in love with him, and he was kind of the the top guy. Um, I don't know if I expected him to jump to the top of the list as fast as he did, but uh, man, it's a copycat league. It just is, and that's kind of been the the the, the hot. Uh, you know, button issue the last couple years is who's that who's that young offensive minded coach? And I mean, th- that was kind of my thing too. Is I wasn't surprised he was getting interviews. I was surprised that when Carolina mentioned just a, a couple of days ago that the owner was enamored with him and that he was in the lead for <laughs> possibly getting that job, and uh, now all of a sudden. We learned last night as we're recording this on Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, that he has removed himself from consideration. He notified the franchises that he had conversations with 
that he wants to stay with the Lions and that he's he's okay with being their offensive coordinator because they're building something. I think there's a lot of different things that this is a really good, sound decision for. But let's just, again, break it down. For the Detroit Lions, this is a huge win for them. First win in the offseason. Yeah, and, uh, man, I saw somebody post it, you know, just talking about it yesterday. And and first thing that came to my mind, I was like, you know, I think this might be bigger than – any free agent signing they might have yeah. gotten, you know, keeping that continuity uh, on the offensive side of the ball where you return most of your key players. I mean, you talk about the whole offensive line, uh, you know, your quarterback, uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, young receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameson, you have a lot of pieces already oh, in place. Back. Uh, yeah, and, you know, you're going to have to – we know Jamal and DJ Chark and Reynolds and those guys. We'll see what happens in the next couple months. But the majority of your – uh, star-studded cast is returning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think as a play caller and as a coach, um, that's what you want. You want some consistency. I, maybe just Ben didn't feel like he was at the point yet where he was ready to take on, you know, a young quarterback if you go to Carolina. We obviously know the situation they're in, um, you know, or any of these other teams where you, you don't have the same stability that you have. And I think that, uh, he, man, I, I just – It feels like there's – you look at it and you're like, man, why would you turn down the opportunity to be 1-32? in But the other sense, you look at it and you say, this guy really believes what they're doing here, man. He really really believes, you know, in Dan Campbell and the group that they've got. And, you know, he wants to see this thing through. Now, I hope it doesn't come back to bite him in the ass. We know that the NFL is ever-changing. And, you know, I I think he'll get more opportunities down the road because I don't think this offense is just a flash in the pan. You know, teams are going to start to figure him out. It's not some crazy, you know, read option or, you know, triple option offense that takes you by surprise for a year and then everybody figures it out and you're screwed. You know, it's not that type of offense. So I do think that, um, you know, his name's only going to continue to get bigger and bigger. But I just think it speaks volumes to uh, kind of what we've, uh, you know, thought in that locker room and in that building is that the culture really is different. I mean, this is – I don't think it's ever happened before, John, where you've seen so many people, you know, openly campaigning, begging, begging you know, please, I want to be here. Um, and Ben Johnson falls in that category as well by turning down um, some of those jobs. And it's not like, you know, he was getting a couple interviews and, you know <laughs> – just quickly, you know, you talk about Jim Harbaugh a little bit, and he said, no, I'm going to stay here. And it's like, well, okay, but did he really have a chance of getting NFL? Right, Probably yeah. not. Ben Johnson sounded like had a legitimate chance, and he still said, no, I've got unfinished business. I want to come back. I just think it, it speaks volumes to, um, you know, just the culture that they have there and, and the type of people that they have. Yeah, I, I think it speaks volumes to uh, – that. It's a, it's a very mature decision – uh, in terms of a football life, um, and you know, is Carolina, you know, it's not only hey, you get offered the job, but you also have to want that job. And I don't, I think Ben Johnson wants to be a head coach. Clearly, he took the interviews, but is Carolina the place that he wants to be that head coach? Um, is he ready in his, you know, in his coaching development to take over a franchise? Because as we've seen. A number of these guys where, hey, it is a flash in the pan. I mean, look at what happened in Denver. All of a sudden, hey, it doesn't work out. And one year and you're done, you're fired. Now it's almost like you're, you know, you're a pariah. Nobody wants to touch you. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Uh, because of the, you know, what happened at a certain location. Now, Josh McDaniels has gotten a second chance in Vegas. Didn't work out in Denver for him a few years ago. Goes back to New England, goes on, and, and he's getting a second chance. It's not that you won't get that second chance, but you want your first one to be the right one. Yeah. And whether it's the quarterback situation, it's ownership, it's GM, whatever it is, has to be the right fit. And I think it was a very mature decision. It's also a decision where Ben Johnson is betting on himself. He's betting on his his concepts of football, his ideas of how to run an offense, that it is repeatable, that it's not just one of those fads that you mentioned where somebody can develop a scheme to stop it and all of a sudden next year in 17 games, what happened? He's also somewhat betting on the health of uh, Jared Goff because for this offense to be operational, you've got to have that guy that has some experience. We've heard about that, uh, you know, relationship that he has with Jared Goff, but if if all that holds to be true, then you're looking at next year, how much can he pick the job that he wants? Yeah, and I mean, there's certain jobs that I think when you look at and you say, you know, my goodness, what? why would you turn that down? Like, Car- yeah. you know, none of these jobs were really like that, and like you said, I mean, that, that had to have been a huge decision for him. Not only the fact that you get a chance, every coach in the NFL, I think, dreams to be a, a head coach someday. Um, you know, so to turn that down, I mean, you know, I'm sure that, gosh, it was probably it was probably a very hard decision for him. Um, not only for the chance to run his own team, but, you know, obvious, for the obvious reason of head coaches, I mean, you're making a 
ton of you're making life changing money. Yeah, I mean, you go you go sign a four or five year deal. That's guaranteed. I they mean, that's life changing money, years. right? And that's why that's why the decision had to been tough for him. Um, you know, just weighing the the benefits and weighing you know whatever. But I mean, let's just say if 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 the Chargers fired Staley after that epic collapse, you right. know, and Ben Johnson's name was linked there, it'd pretty much be like. He's All right, going. Ben, yeah, you go take Justin that one. Herber. You got Justin Herbert. Yeah. You got a, a bunch of dudes, you know, pretty good. De- like, yeah, you'd be kind of dumb to turn that one down. Yeah. But when you look at some of these other jobs, you're like, okay, yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, it, it, how many coaches have we seen throughout the years, you know, go in, first-year coach, first-year quarterback, uh, you know, first couple of seasons stink, and then by the time your young quarterback's ready to take that next step, you're out the door right, because you're, you know, you've won ten games the last three years, right. and now nobody wants you. So um, I just think that it was it was probably a very you know mature de- uh, decision by Ben Johnson. Let me stay here. Let me let me continue to build, uh, you know, my my portfolio. Let me continue to, uh, you know, get just keep getting my name hotter and hotter and hotter, and along the way, take this team to the next level because I think that's what he genuinely 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 believes, or else he wouldn't have came back. Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, that Chargers job, I think that's the one that everybody's kind of eyeing right now that might come available next year. you got a defensive coach in Staley. Uh, things haven't quite turned out the way that I think he's envisioned them. Anybody else has envisioned with a young talent in Justin Herbert and some of the things that they've added offensively. If things don't work out there for Staley, that's going to be one of those jobs that's going to be highly sought after by other NFL coaches or coordinators that don't currently have head jobs. Yeah, yeah. And every year there's going to be, you know, surprise teams where you're like, right. oh, okay, weird opening, you know. There so. also might be surprise teams who are looking at Ben Johnson right now. Maybe there's some interviews that he took this year where, you know, they're like, hey, if we see him do this again next year, you know, wink, wink, you know, we're going, we want you next year. Yeah. Right? And, and and it has nothing to do with tampering. It's just, hey, we have a coach right now. Yeah. Um, but if things don't work out for our coach this year, um, look what we have in place. And, you know, we may be in the market next year for a head coaching job. So don't forget about it. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of teams like that every year. I mean, just to name one off the top of my head, I mean, one that's been talked about really the last two or three years is Dallas, you know, I mean, Dallas, the the high expectations down there, right? If they don't, you know, win, if they don't make a long run, you know, then Mike McCarthy seems like he's been on the hot seat for a couple of years now. And, and, you know, with Sean Payton being linked to him. So, you know, you, you all, you always get that. You always get those, you know, really good teams that, that maybe they make to the playoffs, but don't get on a long run. That do make those changes. So, um, look, I'm, I'm, I'm just, just, you know, with Ben Johnson, man, I'm so thrilled that he's coming back, just because he seemed to be, uh, just the that that piece of the wheel that made it all go. You know, he just the connection that he built with Jared Goff for Jared to have, you know, his best season of his, uh, you know, six year career so far. Uh, it, and when you look at it, and that you look at everything, and you look at everybody who's returning, I don't think that there's any fear at all that uh, this offense would take a step back. Right? If anything, they're just going to continue to get better. And um, man, me, I think all the fans, all the players, all the coaches, everybody in that building, I think we are all uh, just thrilled that he made that decision because we saw uh, we saw something with this offense last year that was damn, you know 
surprising, um, but just great to see, man. And I know, hey, we we all expect it to even be better next year. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Sean Payton. Um, you think he's coaching back in the NFL next year? Um, I mean, what are the rumors right now? Kind of Denver. Uh, has Arizona been thrown out Arizona's there? Arizona's been talked about. Denver's been talked about. Yeah, I can't see him going. I mean, if if he does, and you talk just about the openings right now, I think the only one that would make sense would maybe be Denver if he feels like he can fix Russell Wilson. Uh, because just when you look at the roster, I mean, they are probably the closest to being, uh, you know, playoff bound. Uh, just talent-wise. Yeah. Now, obviously, they've got a tougher path being in the same division with the Chiefs and the Chargers, two playoff teams uh, this year. Um, but that would be probably the only one I could see. Just what about where... Arizona? Arizona, <sighs> they're looking for a GM and coach. He would have – he could possibly have ultimate say uh, in duty. terms of, of, of personnel. I just I, I think you that think Kyler Murray scares Kyler Murray. a lot of people, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, so I, think I, I think Kyler what a terrible because, and they just handed him what two hundred and thirty million dollars, John. Indeed, he's yeah. like it just is what it is, man. I don't think he's a guy you can come in and uh, you know kind of lay the hammer down and hey, this is the way it's going to be. I just kids don't respond to that anymore. Young players in the NFL and Sean Payton's an old school type of coach. You know, I think he would want either a you know, young quarterback that doesn't really know the difference or uh, established veteran type quarterback um, that, you know, you, you feel like you're going to mesh with. I just think that, and I would be the same if I was a head coach. I think Arizona would scare the hell out of me. I think, you know, you look, Kingsbury took a lot of heat over the past couple of years, but yeah. when well, you, you start to, yeah, when you start to understand <laughs> what he was dealing with, it's like, man, you don't feel bad for these guys necessarily because they are very, very well compensated. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, Guy he's looks like he's living in hell, man. Like that, job, that doesn't look like he's having fun at all. And I think I just got to be. I think that a lot of I think a lot of people are probably scared off by Kyler Murray. I think if he were to take that job, um, God, I mean, you can't trade the dude, can you? You just signed an extension. No, I mean you can't. You can't draft a guy. Like I don't know. That just that doesn't seem like it would mesh well for what Sean Payton's probably looking for at this stage of his career. All right, so the jobs that are open, Arizona, um, we've identified them. Um, you've got the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Houston's still open. Houston right. and Indianapolis is still open. Um, which job that's open do you think is is the most enticing to a, to a coach? Which one do you think you could go in and – I don't necessarily say win right away, but have the most success early on. Because is Russell Wilson fixable? There seems to be a lot of issues in Denver yeah. surrounding his personality and how it relates to the rest of that team yeah. more so than the head coach. He's a weird dude. I mean, he just is. <laughs> just call a spade a spade. He's just a he's a goofy dude, man. Um, the one thing I do say about Russ, though, is I do I, I do appreciate the fact that you know he's. He's never really seemed to be the diva type. You know, he is a hardworking dude. He is a grinder. Um, the way he conducts himself and carries himself and does like the little, you know, uh, uh, Bronco, let's ride. Like, all, like you can go without that, right? But, like, we don't need that, man. So there's that, a cheese we don't, factor there. There's, there's big clearly time, a cheesy big factor. Big time. But I still think that Russ is... Four hours over the uh, ocean, warming up. I would say he's fixable, though. 
Right. I would say he's fixable. I think that maybe with just the situation with Nathaniel Hackett, who was never a head coach and, and worked with Aaron Rodgers, and you look at just the different demeanors of those two guys, like something obviously didn't click with those two. Um, so I would put Denver – honestly, you know what? I mean, I don't think the Colts is, is an undesirable job either. And not only for the fact that, uh, you know, you do look at – they're obviously going to need a quarterback, but they've got a pretty damn good defense. I mean, they've had a pretty – overall. Right, they've had a pretty good da- damn good, you know, offensive line. We know they have Jonathan Taylor. I don't think they have, you know, superstar wide receivers, but for what they want to do, I think that that job, you know, if, if you get the right quarterback, whether it's a veteran or whether it's a young player, uh, I, I think that would be a, a pretty good job. And you look at the division they're in, right? You play Houston twice a year. You play uh, Tennessee who we've seen is starting to fall apart a little bit and and you get Jacksonville that yeah they're a young fun team to watch but um you know that's probably is that the easiest division in football John I mean maybe outside of the NFC South which we saw this past year where Tampa was what eight and nine and you know won the division and got a home playoff I still think the AFC South is is a desirable spot to be because of uh who you got to play a couple times a year so uh, I would put maybe Denver at 1A and Indy, I think, would be 1B. And I think that with, you know, obviously with coaches, you want to take into effect management. You want to take into effect ownership and, hey, are these guys going to give you what you need? I think that Jim Irsay, with as weird as he is as well and kind of quirky dude, I think he's been a coach over the years that, uh, you know, I'm sorry, an owner over the years that, you know, is going to give the team every resource to go out there and win. So I think that that could be – uh, a, a very desirable job as well. And defensively, they're good. They obviously have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, when offensive line is healthy, they got a pretty good offensive line. Yeah. Uh, and they are picking number four overall. And if there's no trades, uh, we could talk about this as we get closer to the draft, but Chicago, if they ride with Justin Fields for another year um, or they think he's their franchise quarterback, they're not taking a quarterback. The Houston Texans almost certainly are going to take a quarterback. But then you got Arizona Cardinals at three. We just talked about that. They're probably not taking a quarterback. So you're looking at Indianapolis at four, having the the basically the second pick of the quarterbacks that are available. So yeah. you're going to have some assets around a young quarterback that if you are a new coach and you get say in which quarterback you want, that's probably for those teams that are looking for a head coach other than Russell Wilson and if he is fixable if you get a coach in there that can find a way to win with Russell Wilson who's you know Pete Carroll obviously could find a way to win with Russell Wilson yeah other than that any probably is uh, to your point the the most desirable head coaching job I will say this though just and I know we'll get into it more in the next coming months but I would be shocked if the Bears actually pick at one I think what happened yeah. in Week 18 was an absolute lottery for them, <laughs> losing that game and and Houston, you know, winning on a hill, Mary. Because we all know what Houston was doing at number one; they were Lovie probably going to take Bryce Young. Chicago was solid. I'm just, I mean, just think about if you're Chicago right now, and this kind of hurts to say, but I think they're in a really good spot. They've got some Hell good. Yeah, they they've are. got you know over 100 million in draft cap, or I'm sorry, in, in salary cap, a uh, ton of draft capital from what they got for. You know what was it, Khalil Mack, and even yeah, I think they picked up what a second or third rounder for Robert yeah. Quinn, sipping him off to Philly. Uh, you're sitting there at number one, and there's you know Houston needs a quarterback at two. You're going to get a lot of phone calls, and you're going to get a haul, even if it's let's say Indy. You know they feel like they're a quarterback away. They pop back up to one. They give you 
four or five more picks just to bump down to number yeah. four. I mean, I'm just telling you, I think what, what Houston did that last game was – <laughs> it was it was it was bad <laughs> it was yeah. bad because that changes the whole dynamic uh, of at least the top probably four or five picks and what's going to happen that's going to be a fun to lot a lot of fun to break down in the next uh, couple months but that was something when I was watching that game I was just like oh my goodness and even Lovey Smith was kind of grinning he knew he <laughs> yeah. was out the door the owner McNair was on the sideline not smiling at all I'm like oh Go boy this two, is baby. gonna be this is gonna be fun come draft because I know <laughs> yeah. Chicago's gonna hold that number one pick for ransom and somebody's going to jump up and take Bryce Young ahead of ahead of Houston well I tell you what we've uh, we've already had big news uh, for the Detroit Lions obviously that's Ben Johnson coming back throughout the offseason there's going to be plenty of news for us to discuss we've got free agency on the horizon uh, we've still got uh, obviously NFL playoffs divisional round coming up this weekend Super Bowl Will Tom Brady come back where does he end up there's a lot for us to discuss here and then obviously once we get past that it's going to be the NFL draft. So we're going to take you throughout the entire offseason. So stay tuned for all your Lions information. NFL headquarters right here on Necessary Roughness.